0: hello everyone welcome to Mortally wounded podcast episode 39 i'm your host chris
1: and i'm your host james
0: good day james how are you
1: good mate. good it's uh it's, it's, it hasn't been long since our last episode so um not a lot has well actually a lot has been happening but nothing much in the way of hobby just been uh getting ready for christmas um you know doing <laughs> we've been actually um we've got a whole, a bunch of old, old older furniture um From family out of storage and we've uh, kind of sanded back a whole bunch of chairs and a table and we've been repainting those reupholstering the chairs as well so we've just been going bananas and we actually got a hold of a bar as well so we're setting up this uh, tiki bar area in our sort of outdoor undercover entertainment area Um, so that's been consuming our time Um, we're having christmas at our place this year so we've just been getting ready for that um, getting all the groceries, getting roasts ready, all that sort of thing. So we, we've been, we've been flat out and I um, haven't had a chance to actually pick up a paintbrush and do any hobby since, uh, we last recorded. So, but, um, yeah, it's, I'm on holidays now. So just kind of, um, haven't really slowed down into holiday mode. We've just been charging through doing a whole bunch of stuff, getting ready for Chrissy and, um, Yeah, with uh, we I was going to go up to Sydney, up to the Northern Beaches, believe it or not, for my side of the family's Christmas uh, lunch uh, last weekend. That was on Sunday, but um, yeah, as we all know, (laughs) there's been another outbreak in Sydney from that area, so we had to pull the pin on that. So uh, a bit sad we didn't get to get together with my side of the the family, but um, for Christmas Day, we'll have uh, my wife's side of the family will be coming along um, for a Christmas dinner. So. Yeah, we're just sort of getting ready for that now. So Yeah, nice. Yeah, what about yourself, man?
0: Sounds like you've been doing lots of house hobby. Not not, not Warhammer Hobby, but house hobby. So yeah, uh, house
1: hobby, not Warhammer yeah. Hobby. I've I've um I've almost finished like I've got the last sort of few steps to do on uh, the charity model, the loon boss on giant cave squig, also known as Fatso on Squambat. <laughs> yeah. So he's um I've just got to do some tough – just put some tufts on him, a bit of base work, and kind of some technical paints with the uh, just just to kind of finish it off. Um, so I'll I'll probably get that done. Well, I'll have to get that done um, after Christmas, I think, once things have slowed down after that. But I've got till the thirty first of December to have it ready for the um, the charity raffle. So just a reminder for listeners, if um uh, just keep an eye out for the heralds of war. They've they'll be putting up um, information about how you can get a hold of raffle tickets. Uh, for various uh, painters, Australian uh, painters, Um, everyone's painting either a war band or a single miniature or, um, and yeah, that's it. So you can buy tickets for the one you would like to win and the money from each uh, model's raffle tickets goes towards a charity of the painter's choice. So I've gone with the Sleepy Burrows Wombat Sanctuary uh, here in New South Wales. Uh, so So yeah, that's pretty much it. And then Beyond that, it'll be, yeah, changing gears and going back and trying to get this narrative army done in time for the Beast's Grave, Allure of the Beast's Grave event in uh, March. But, uh, yeah. yeah, so fear um, that the <laughs> that the latest outbreak and lockdowns, um, you know, that the lockdowns and the measures taken do their job and we don't have any more events cancelled um, in New South Wales um, or Australia, if that matter, in the... In the in the new year. So yeah. Um, yeah. Hoping and praying for that <laughs> to not happen.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but um, yeah. So what's been happening with you in the hobby front?
0: Um, No, yeah, not much. Yeah. As you said, it's only really been a week or so since we last recorded. So not too much on the hobby hobby front since then. Um, but I uh, also um, have been pretty busy in personal life and stuff um, over the last week with, the sudden kind of outbreak on the northern beaches we were going to be heading up to the Gold Coast for Christmas anyway but we uh, we kind of on the first day on the announcement of numbers just uh, in the evening went ah, uh, we might if we leave it till tomorrow morning we may wake up to a closed border so yeah. we just we literally just packed the car um, and in about an hour and a half in the evening and then we just drove up overnight on Thursday mm-hmm. evening um so early on before anything kicked off like none of us had need we hadn't been anywhere near the northern beaches anyway and um stuff so we just drove up overnight so i think i drove until about three in the morning got to coughs and then um mitch took over and did the last kind of couple of hours to his mum and dad's place um on the gold coast and so we were here for friday morning um about 5 30 in the morning i think friday morning we got here and then <laughs> kind of yeah. just Handed handed Riley off to the grandparents because he slept the slept the whole way, which was great. Um, and then yeah, I went to sleep for a bit and then woke up at midday. Did some work and then uh, yeah. And then uh, the weekend I um, had Simon's Southern Scrap Three at Force oh, yeah. that we were talking about last uh, last week, and um, that I was going to be heading up to. So yeah, I had that tournament on the weekend. Um, so that was cool. Um, and yeah, that's basically going to be. What we kind of talk about this weekend um this weekend what we talk about on this show um uh, we'll talk about that um and then yeah just kind of give some sign off for the year year, give some well wishes to our listeners and and that will be another another show done so um without further ado should we should we kick into the to the weekend i guess
1: yeah tell tell us about it what's um what is simon southern scrap and what's (laughs) What is this? What's the story there? How how did this all come about?
0: Uh, So basically Simon, as in Simon Hall, um, who's at Hall on Twitter. um, He was on the last game. um, He was on the live stream for the last game at CanCon um, this year. If people want to know, playing Cities of Sigmar. He's been on the show, obviously, did the the Cities of Sigmar series with me um, over the past few months. So listeners should know who he is. But he's uh, basically been putting on kind of monthly... Um, one days at Irresistible Force, which is a gaming store, kind of in Logan, um, in South Brisbane or North Gold Coast, and um, this was the third one, and it's the first, so it was the first one that he did as a two-dayer, so it was five games instead of a one-day, a three-game event. Um, so I, he had, to, I think, he had like thirty-two tickets or thirty-two people signed up originally. Um, there was a number of drops, which I think dropped it down to um, about twenty-six. Um, but it was still good. Irresistible Force has got the store with kind of an adjacent room of a decent size anyway But they've recently just started renting another kind of shop in the kind of precinct that it's in um, Basically just next door, which is just a big room that they basically just exclusively use for events now So we just set up like 14 tables in that room and we are all just in there Which is really good. So you'd be able to do kind of monthly events Um, at Irresistible Force without impacting like the store's ability to have people just come in for casual games and stuff like that and there's aircon in the room which is good Um, and yeah he he basically he's been putting on these monthly events and he chooses a realm for all of the games um, to take place in so this one was Gur so all of the games took place in the realm of Gur and then um, he basically chose i don't know if he chose them or if it was randomized but there was two set secondaries for each game that you had to try and achieve um okay,
1: so and, like so he set them for each scenario like everyone had the same one for each scenario kind everyone of everyone
0: had the same one yeah the okay. same two, yep. the same two to try and achieve um and then he to, he made it a bit different he added an anvils of apotheosis hero as well that you could take up to 15 dp um, that was on top of your 2,000 point army, so he just wanted it to be a bit different um, and he kind of said you want to bring one, it has to be painted in order to use it um, and they will score you extra points across the weekend if you achieve like secondaries with them so basically every game there was a, a secondary that you could try and achieve and deny which was keep your, um, your anvils of Apotheosis Hero alive so you were trying to kill your opponents and keep yours alive. Um, and then also that there was five like missions that I think Simon just came up with, um, like five secondaries rather, for the Anvil's heroes, and you had to choose a different one each game. So you'd try and do all five across the weekend. You couldn't repeat them. Um, and that would basically, if you'd get a point, and you also, all of his secondaries were, score-deny, so you've got points for denying your opponents and you've got points for scoring your own, um, and they were things like kill, a, kill an enemy hero with your hero, um, get your hero to within three inches of your opponent's deployment zone board edge by the end of the game, um, so that was like the messenger, um, and then he has ones which were like use that hero to use a GHB 2020 command ability on a unit other than themselves, um and stuff like that so i was just trying to achieve secondaries basically with this anvil's hero um turned out mine was built i built mine completely narratively and um, basically just to be like a crypt horn to courtier i just his weapons i armed him with kind of an axe and an unarmed strike which is how the model was and i was yeah. like oh i'll make him a wizard and give him the plus one to cast dispel and unbind um Yep. Because I, I was like, oh, I'll just I'll build him to give myself slightly more reliable casting of one of my like feck lore spells, because obviously they've got the fleshy, courts keyword and all that stuff. So I thought I thought all of that stuff would work. And then we get to the tournament and apparently uh, Simon had said, but not like in the actual pack or posts in the event, kind of that they would be treated as allies in all respects. So they don't they oh, don't they don't get. Okay. They don't get you l- the don't take your law spell and you don't get your allegiance abilities and stuff like that so i was like mm. right <laughs> so i've got this dude that doesn't that li- i've literally spent all my points to make him a cast my law spell um or like provide feeding frenzy to a unit nearby and all this and it's like it doesn't work and like everybody else had gone oh well mm. there's a thing there's a thing you can take that gives you a free CP at the start of the game and like plus two bravery for being like in range, but all that stuff apparently worked. So I was like, so hang on, the plus two bravery stuff can work on the rest of your army and you can just take free CP, but everything I've chosen basically just doesn't work. So mine was a complete liability. Whereas, yeah. And then, <laughs> and then I, I played some people that I was like, oh, cool. So what's your bravery? And they're like, oh, I'm like plus two. For plus or plus three, and I'm like, why is that coming from? And they're like, oh, this guy is like a totem thing. And they're like, yeah. oh, yeah, I start with the next CP because of my Anvil Zero. And I'm like, mm. CP would be really nice for my army. Like Fleshy Court's quite like CP.
1: Yeah, uh, one of the abilities you can give is I think it's five deep. Well, I think it's worth worth five DP, four or five DP. But um yeah, it's at you know extra command point. <laughs> so
0: it's uh, my fault, not really. A, I don't, yeah. yeah, and I think one of the, there was a command ability you could get from plus one to hit or something as well that would work, even though the other stuff didn't, I don't know. Anyway, um, I gave my feedback to Simon that to be honest, the anvils was just like a bit too much to keep track of and it was just kind of unnecessary and because it's on top of 2K, it kind of changes how some armies function. And stuff like that Um, like other armies can make use of it better than others etc and i think he said in future he's not going to do it i think most people said they'd just rather not have it anyway um <laughs> but yeah, yeah. um but it made me paint up a, a courtier for my yeah, uh, yeah. my horrors which is good and it was still fun to try and do ste- like secondaries i think i still managed to do three out of the five and keep them alive in yeah, yeah three. maybe if
1: you'd known more like had a bit more information prior to building Create, yeah. like
2: it, might, it, might it wasn't
0: time. super clear in the, like I said, it wasn't actually a pack it was like a, a long post and Simon kind of did a few posts in the yeah. event feed, so it was a bit hard to necessarily find information, but I've said this to Simon um, but I don't really care, it was more just I'm going to be up here, I want to come and play Yeah, and yeah. this is sort of fun Um, but yeah, so basically my first game so I took Flesh Eater Courts, which I've only oh, yeah, taken, tell, yeah, tell so like, this. taken to one event previously, which was last Easter, which was Border War, which I ended up winning. Um and then I was like, cool, these are really good. And then I I put them away. Um and then I feel like now because that was at the height of their power. And so they've kind of dropped off a lot and I've not really been taking them. I think the rise of the shooting meta as well is like flesh eaters really struggle against shooting. Um, and so basically the whole reason I took this list is because in the I'm in the Flesh Eater Courts kind of WhatsApp group um amongst others. And this chat kind of came up, which was, what do people feel about Fleshy Courts against KO as a matchup? And most of the chat, myself included, basically said, to be honest, I think it's really hard. I think it's basically the KO player's game to lose. And so I kind of set myself a personal challenge. I like went away and went, I'm going to try and design a Fleshy Courts list that should play favorably against KO to like give them a chance. And so I kind of set myself this challenge of, can I build a list that I actually think, more times than less i would win against ko for example and then basically came up with this list that i think does that and also works against a lot of shooting lists and a lot of armies because of the speed necessary to get into ko and be a threat etc um so yeah i, I kind of i wrote this list and was like right i want to i want to try this out because it seems like it should be quite cool on paper so basically what it is is it's um fleshy to courts obviously and it's hollow morn and hollow morn's probably the Grand Court that you've seen or heard of the least, other than maybe Morgant, which is the ghouls. Um, But basically, it's um, it's actually got some really good abilities. So one of them is the courtiers and the knights, which are the horrors and flayers, get to reroll ones to wound when they charge. Um, And then the command ability is you can pick any of the units in the army and they can run and charge, and they get plus one to run and plus one to charge as a command ability at the start of the hero phase. Um, the command trait, which I put onto my Vargolf was if you're within three inches of an enemy hero with an artifact, then you get plus one attack on your profiles and plus one damage on your profiles. And then the artifact is the Corpse Fang Gauntlet, which went on my Zombie Dragon, and it's just when they make a charge move on a 2-up, it um, does D3 mortal wounds. So it's alright, it's not amazing, but it's fine. Um, and then basically the list is all built around a Royal Mordance Battalion, which is a Vargolf, a unit of Crypt Ghouls, a unit of Crypt Horrors, and a unit of Crypt Flayers. So it's kind of one of each. Um, and basically, the ghouls I just left as minimum 10, because I'm not a huge fan of the ghouls. Um, and I didn't have any painted before the event as well. So I got 20 painted that I needed for Battleline. Um, but other than that, I, I didn't do any more, and I didn't invest. Um, and then it's I did a unit of six Horrors, um, because they are quite cheap, but I don't, I rate the flayers more than the horrors because they're faster and they naturally fly and they do mortal wounds and they have rend and more attacks. Um, And they have a bravery based scream as well, which can do a lot of mortals. So I just, I prefer flayers to horrors, but the horrors are 40 points cheaper for three. They're 130 versus 170. So 260 for a brick of six horrors is quite cheap for what it can do. Um, And then I had nine flayers, which is my big kind of one of my big threats. And then the Vargolf himself, which I give an artifact, which is just the best, um, it's Bilious decanter basically gives the Vargolf once per game at the start of the combat phase plus two attacks to both his profiles. So he's got claws and a bite. So you've normally got four claws and one bite, but if you need to once per game, you pop that and you get six claws and three bites, um, and they naturally have... ability on their claws where if they're within three inches of 10 or more models they get plus two attacks on their claws so they could just stand so they could just be eight claw attacks and three and three bites and then obviously if you're within range of a hero with an artifact you'd be on you get the plus one attack to both so you get four bites plus an extra claw and plus one damage um and the claws are threes and threes threes, rend one damage two so they can be three threes rend one damage three and the bites are threes, twos, rend two, damage d3. So it can be d3 plus one. Vargovs right. so, so naturally, if an Abhorrent casts a spell, hollow, then 18 of them in your hero phase, then they get to reroll hit rolls until your next hero phase. So they can have an inbuilt reroll of hits, and then obviously in Hollow Morn I'm rerolling ones to wound on the charge. So both attack profiles can be threes rerolling, and then threes or twos rerolling ones. With Ren 1 and Ren 2, they can be damaged 3 and damage d3 plus 1. Um, and then, obviously, for fleshing your courts, after you've attacked, you can just spend a CP and attack again. Um, and then I have an archery. <laughs> wow. <laughs> which, yeah, so he, the Vargolf is uh, coined as the, the, the nuclear missile Vargolf, the nuclear Vargolf. And um, honestly, the turn I sent him to go nuclear every game is just some of the most fun I've had at Warhammer in a very long time.
2: And at the, start,
0: at the start of the tournament, my opponent was like, sorry, what? So I was explaining everything it could do. And then as the tournament went on, like, people had heard about it. And then my opponent would just go, oh God, he, he's coming now, isn't he? And you're like, yep, <laughs> brace yourself. Because um, basically- he's fast. he's fast as well, as he? So he's movement 10, yeah. so he's movement 10. Um, which is actually probably slower than a lot of the stuff because Fleshier Courts have got some incredible spells, basically, which, if they go off, they make a huge difference. Which, basically, one of the spells, so the other part of the list is the Arch Regent, who I think will be in basically every Fleshier Courts list because he's a seven wound hero that automatically heals three wounds in your hero phase with so a four up save, and he's a two cast, two unbind wizard. He's 240 points, but he has a summon, which is free if you. Summon him if you use it while you're within one of your terrain feature, which is very easy to set up and you almost always just do it turn one um, And basically he can bring on 20 ghouls, three horrors, three flayers or a courtier. So I, I Some of my games use three flayers and the other times I would use a bring on a Vargolf um, Most of the time it was three flayers just because The zombie dragon which is the other part of the list. He always brings on a courtier so he was bringing on a Vargolf, and then I didn't have three Vargolf, so I would bring on three Flares instead of an Infernal Courtier, because I prefer the Flayers over the Infernal. Um, but basically, he's a two-caster, and his War Scroll spell is twenty, holier than 24, so it's a big range, and it's just plus D3 attacks to melee, which is amazing on any of the units of Horrors, Flares, all the Vargolf. Because the Vargolf gets it on both profiles, so you get plus D three bites and plus D three claws. Mm-hmm. Um, and then his other spell I take is Deranged Transformation, which is you pick uh, again, hollow than twenty four. And it's if you roll it on a ten, if you cast on a ten or more, then you get to pick three units as well, which is pretty nice. But basically, you add their, it, you pick a unit that's got a wounds characteristic of six or less, and you add their wounds characteristic to their move. So the Horrors and Flayers are both four wounds each, so they get plus four move. So suddenly it turns your flares from move 12 to move 16, and it turns the Horrors from move 7 to move 11. Um, bearing in mind, in Hollow Morn, you can spend a CP to make any of your units run and charge and get plus one. But the main thing is the Royal Mordant's Battalion is in your hero phase, and it's every hero phase, not once per game. You can pick a unit from the battalion wholly within 16 of the Vargolf, and they can make a normal move. And then you're free to make another normal move in your movement phase. Yeah. And a normal move encapsulates a run. So if you wanted to, then you could spend a CP at the start of your hero phase to pick any of those units to give them run and charge, and they're getting plus one. And then you basically, so you could pick your flayers and at the start of the hero phase and say, they're going to run and charge. And then you can then just do the other stuff you want to do in your hero phase. So you can cast plus D3 attacks on them. You can cast plus four movement on them, for example, and then go, okay, I've got my spells off. Now I'm gonna run in my hero phase. So they're moving 16 inches plus whatever you roll on the D6 plus one. So say you roll a six, they're moving sixteen plus seven. So they're running twenty-three inches in your hero phase, and then they can run again in your movement phase, so they can potentially go another twenty-three inches, so they can move forty-six inches, and then they can and then they can charge obviously at plus one as well. So potentially that's thirteen inches. So they have a threat range of fifty-nine. <laughs> <laughs> which, which is insane, when you're yeah. explaining when you're explaining it to your opponent, and the average threat range is like forty nine. So when you're saying to your opponent, oh, yeah, my average threat's about forty nine inches," you're like, "What?" Like, say what? This is like way <laughs> who further. Need, who
1: needs to fly if you can? Do, if you move that, but who <laughs> needs? to
0: fly? Oh, You do need to fly because you need to be able to jump over people's screens and stuff like yeah. that. Um, but yeah, you're like, well, this is a shooting army. In, in close combat because <laughs> you basically yeah. just cross, cross yeah. the table and yeah, then anyway. hit hit whatever you need to um yeah. but basically you could do that with the Vargolf as well so he can't he can't get the plus wounds to move so the best he can be is movement 10 in hollow Morn anyway is movement 10 with a run plus one and then another movement 10 with a run plus one and then a charge plus one so he's still pretty quick like on average you you just you In a 24 apart, just moving twice, you're basically three away anyway. So you don't really want to run him because it costs you a CP to do that. There is a spell from the law where you can pick a unit, and if it flies, then it gets run and charge. So you can get run and charge without having to spend a CP if you cast Spectral Host on one of the flying units. Otherwise, you can cast it on the Horrors to give them fly. Yeah, They can jump over screens. But to be honest, I never used Spectral Host... I had it on the zombie dragon as a backup but most of the time i was casting his war scroll spell which is a 16 inch aura of reroll to wound so it but again taking hollow morn, the reroll to wound isn't essential because you can reroll ones anyway and everything in the army basically like wounds on threes so it's only twos you're missing out on so it's okay but if the spell goes off it's just a nice bonus and it keeps going obviously through protracted fights or when your opponent charges you you're re-rolling all your wounds instead of just ones on the charge so it is nice, but it's not. He's not essential, um, and he. But his summoning brings on basically another Vargolf, because the Vargolfs are very, very good at adding resilience to the army. Because otherwise, the army is not resilient. Like everything has five up saves, other than the zombie dragon and the um, other than the arch regent and the zombie dragon. All of your horrors, all of your flares, the Vargolfs—they only have five up saves. They're actually very squishy. Um, But what the Vargovs do, or any of the courtiers, but the Vargovs are the best, um, is in your hero phase, you pick, you basically, you roll ten, you roll six dice, and then for those dice, any two ups, you can pick a ghoul, a unit of ghouls within ten, or a unit of knights, so horrors or flayers, within ten, and for every two up, you can return a ghoul to the unit, and for every five up, you can return a horror or a flayer to the unit, so if you take casualties to your flares or your horrors in your hero phase as long as your var golf's within 10 you then basically roll six dice and every five up you put a model back it's not for every unit that's in range so like if you had the horrors and the flares in range and you rolled two five ups you wouldn't put two models back into each unit but you can put two models back into one unit or one model back into each unit however you need to so you can kind of keep them topped up so By summoning another Vargolf with the zombie dragon, and then you could, if I had three, summon a Vargolf with the um, arch regent as well. So I could have three Vargolfs that can all roll six dice in my hero phase and bring them back. Um, So it adds resilience to the list, which is why I have a big block of nine flayers as well. And a six of horrors is decent enough that it can usually absorb a mid-tier threat and not quite die, and then you can bring it back. Um, And then it can usually punch punch out from whatever tried to kill it um and yeah that's basically the list um it's all around essentially just sending in stuff in waves with the raw mordant. so usually i i think every game i sent the flayers in i just double moved the flayers and sent them in with the extra d3 attacks if i got the spell off and would send them in to try and kill my opponent's main threat and basically bog them down um you kind of end up running the vargolf like flying him up quite aggressively behind them because he's the general so he can activate Feeding Frenzy wholly within 18 instead of 12, um, because to be able to double-pile in you do have to have a hero in range. And so you can fly the dragon up. Um, quite often you can run him turn one if his shooting not going could be in range. But again, wholly within 12, because the flayers are so fast, you, you do sometimes have to not go too far unless you throw the Bargolf up very aggressively with them, because wholly within 18, is actually a significant increase on Hollow than 12. Um, so I would be quite aggressive with my Vargolf and fly him up because you also want him quite close to them so that if you get the priority for the next turn in your hero phase, you can start bringing them back because that 10-inch range as well is quite short. But the other trick with Royal Mordants is because the hero phase move can be done on the Vargolf himself and it's just any point in the hero phase, you could actually hero phase move him closer to get within 10 if you weren't within 10 to muster because normally quite often in your hero phase if you've moved and charged away you're not actually within 10 to use the musters but with him you can then it comes to hero phase you can hero phase move him on the second turn to get him up and put yourself in range and then roll your muster which is really nice because most of the time i would send the flares in it it would be the horrors or the flares i'd send in turn one and then i'd Kind of put my Vargolf up in range for their double piling. And then the next turn, I would double move up the Vargolf anyway, so that he was three away from the Amy, and he would be the thing I would send in on the second turn. Um, So it kind of works quite well with wanting to be in range to bring back models anyway, and then send the Vargolf in as the kind of second wave threat. Um, So that's basically kind of how the list is designed. It's super fast. So in terms of the matchup against KO, I was thinking. A lot of the time K.O. like to basically sit in their ships in a corner in the back of the board and go, okay, you go first. And then they can drop down and basically against me, if they say that, the flayers can double move and they can wrap yeah. a boat. Yeah, The the flayers with two pylons can literally just wrap wrap around a boat. And they have so many attacks that do mortal wounds as well. Like they get around an ironclad's armor save. And they can do, if they should kill it, but if they don't, they will do enough wounds to it that it can't fly high. And because they fly, it can't fly high anyway but if you, you do kill it because you've wrapped the boat, everything inside it automatically dies as well if the boat dies. So that was basically how the list was designed in terms of it would play against KO, but it just works against basically anything that you can get into that's basically, if something's on the table, unless your opponent has lots and lots and lots of chaff screens, you can get to it and kill kill threats turn one. Um, but it's also the list is only like a four drop so it's quite low as well so a lot of the time if your opponent doesn't really have a threat to you turn one you can also quite happily give away first turn and then know that you're never going to get doubled until you double your opponent Um, but yeah so basically my first game was against ko so i was a bit like okay first game first game in Let's see if the list does what it's designed to do, which is basically beat KO. But yeah. then, interestingly, this was a quite an atypical KO list, so it was against Matt Daly, who um he's a really nice guy. I actually semi like felt like I knew him because I'd watched one of Simon's battle reps that he had done, um, uh, with Matt in. Um, Matt was playing Zydeneth in that battle rep, but yeah, he's he was playing his KO, so his list was like. He had two frigates and two tens of Archonauts in the Iron Sky Attack Squadron Battalion, which is um, really cool. It basically lets the Archonauts get in before a ship flies high and then get out after it flies high. So they can basically, the ship can fly high nine away, then you get out after it's done the fly high, which is just to get out wholly within six of the ship. So you can be three away from your opponent, which means that all your pistols are in range and then they can charge 3d6. So, the, even if you roll three ones, you're three away, you actually can't fail. So, it's super good for objective play and it's really, really cool. And it kind of makes the Archonauts nine inch range pistol like useful. Um, but basically, he had that for kind of flexibility and movement. Um, he did a really cool thing, which I'd not even thought about before, which was like setting up the Archonauts as a screen wholly within six of the frigates behind. So, he could actually screen stuff off from being able to get to the frigates and still be able to because he can then jump into his boat before it flies high from wholly within six fly high and then still get out whereas i'd always just been like you deploy them in the boat then fly high then get out but actually it was super cool to be like oh no those same arcanaughts can be a screen and then they can jump in and then get out um so that was really cool but and then he had basically three engine riggers the engine master in dirigible suit as the general and then he had 15 thunderers um, and 20 iron drakes so he was in barrack three which lets him bring in dwarven like dwarven units um, so he had the iron drakes and then he had the chemist with spell in a bottle but he'd taken the bridge so that he can auto he can auto cast um, soul screen bridge it can't be unbound and he can bridge up 15 thunderers and 20 iron drakes which won't count as moving so they can double shoot um, and put out a huge amount of firepower and then he's still got the boats and the engine master and the um, engine riggers to be like really quick and zooming around the board, kind of teleporting and grabbing objectives and stuff like that with this horrific firebase. So basically he set up his two frigates kind of either side of his deployment with his screens on the line, and then he set up his bunker basically with the 15 thunderers and the Iron Drakes pretty much near his backboard edge with the chemist at the back. But the only issue with any like army and i know it because i've been playing cities with a bridge recently is you're obviously telling your opponent like this is where this is going because you're basically putting the bridge model on the table deploying around it to make sure everything's within range etc yeah. and then and then obviously you're taking the model off the table until it's your hero phase so there's a gap and you know that the only place that gap is where the bridge needs to go in order for the model <laughs> to teleport on it. So basically, because in my head beforehand, I, I was thinking most of the time I'm going to give my opponent first turn um, and then I'll go zoom. Like, I will backboard into my important stuff, let him drop down, shoot my ghouls, etc. But I was like, in this, I was like, my units matter and they're fragile. I don't want to give him first, let him get board position, then go. And basically, I was just like, he has to put his bridge there. So <laughs> if, I, if I just chuck nine flares in that hole, What's That's gonna it. happen? What's gonna happen? And so yeah. I, went, okay, I'm gonna go first. Put all my buffs up. Got my extra attacks on my flares, Double moved. Got the big charge I needed because that was the one thing is I still have to end my moves three away. Um, and because of where he put riggers and his general, like I still had to make a decent charge over to get in. But I rolled like a ten on my charge or something, and that was enough to basically just put models or where the bridge was gonna go and get into his iron drakes. Um, his engine riggers, the Arcanauts uh, and the Admiral and loads of stuff. I basically tied it all up and I tagged the Thunderers as well within three so that basically I would – everything would have to shoot those flares as well in his turn. Um, and, yeah, basically then I just attacked with everything with the with the players, Um outright killed the three engine riggers, killed, like, seven of the Arkanauts from one side, managed to kill eleven of the 20 Iron Drakes. Um and then put some wounds onto the uh, onto the Endrun Master. Yeah. So did a bit, obviously got onto the yeah. other objectives with the rest of my army. Um and then he had his turn. And all of his shooting, he shot off the nine flayers, um, because actually the 15 Thunderers, the issue with tagging them is when they're in when they're within three. Um, they get plus one attack on all of their like on the load of their guns. Oh, right, yeah. So he had like six ether cannon shots or whatever the uh, D three whatever damage and and Bren two flares only got five up so um, and because I didn't really have a hero in range, I don't think the flares got to pile in twice either. I'd got like plus two, I think plus two attacks on them, so it was enough to do a decent chunk of damage, but it was that thing where I was saying because they'd gone so far, they didn't have a hero range to double pile in. Yes. Um, but anyway, he it took all of his shooting, but he did kill the nine flayers um, and then kind of pushed up with the few arcanauts took because we were playing, um, that's right, we we're playing Blade's Edge. And so this is another reason I went first is because that scenario, if you can go first, score all six, and then stop your opponent. Like make your opponent only be able to get like their three, for example. Then it, it's quite hard it, because you can remove objectives each turn. Whoever doesn't win the priority can pick an objective and get rid of it. They're reducing the amount that they can score later. So basically, um, I went first. I didn't actually manage to get on all of the objectives. I got five out of the six um, with my speed um, going in with the flares and then I put the Horrors on the top right, and then I used my Zombie Dragon to get top left. So his middle objective, kind of in front of his army, I didn't take, um, but I got five. Um, and then his turn, he managed to take back, um, he he got three. So he took one of mine by flying archonauts over, where I just put my Anvil's Hero. He flew over and put archonauts in range to take that off. Um, And did the same thing on one of the other objectives and then where I had my horrors I think he came in with his frigate and Arkenauts and his general and managed to kill them down enough to get more bodies to be Um, I think he took me down to one model maybe Um, and he had two Um, and then priority came in KO I still think even if they go first in any build they basically live and die on winning or losing turn two priority and he lost turn two priority so obviously he he burnt an objective um he burnt the middle one that neither of us had scored just because of a weird secondary simon had chosen it was kind of a a double denial in terms of it was like hold the same objective for two turns in a row and we both selected the object the same objective and then he just deleted it so neither of us would score it i was like okay um but basically i then i then sent the Vargolf in turn two because he hadn't obviously got his bridge down. There was a gap from where all my flayers had disappeared from. And he had his hero chemist with an artifact of power in the middle of all these 15 thunderers and nine iron drakes. And okay. I, I just basically put a Vargolf right into the middle of it, got my, like, plus two or plus three attacks. I think okay. I got plus three from the spell. And I literally had, like, everything. And I was just like, I'm going to go twice. And I just deleted everything like <laughs> I, I literally just i deleted 15 thunderers i deleted nine iron drakes and i killed a hero i think i killed the, <laughs> uh, and I, yeah and i killed the chemist so the first lot of attacks i put everything into the thunder i put everything into the thunderers so that the night the nine iron drakes and the um it's the hero- was still in range, so I'd still get the yeah. plus two attacks, but also the hero was still alive, so I'd get the plus damage and the extra plus attacks for the second piling because it's every right. time you're back, you have to check. So the first piling just took out 15 thunderers, I don't think it quite killed 15, but he didn't have any CP to make them auto immune to battle shock. And I think I killed like 11 or 12 of them, so I was like, they're gonna run, it's fine. Um, and then the second piling, I killed the chemist and killed the nine iron drakes, and I and I had obviously used the zombie dragon to go in and kill arconauts in the middle and everything else and it was just like we're we're done like we're done (laughs) um so yeah i got a uh i got a big strong win um for game one um we we called it after turn two it was it was ten it was ten four to me and he he basically had i think he literally had a frigate left on the table so with,
1: it, uh, with, no, with no one on board
0: <laughs> it, it, it was done no one was on board um my zombie dragon hadn't been hurt my horrors hadn't been hurt like yeah it, there's
1: no way for him to pull uh, anything
0: out yeah oh so, um but matt was a really nice guy and yeah when i was like adding up and explaining the Vargolf, i was like right so he's got he's got three attacks he's like got three attacks here because of this i'm using my decanter so he gets plus two here plus two here you've got a hero there so he gets plus one plus one and he's got plus one damage to both and then I was just like, I cast my spell. So he's threes and threes rerolling and then twos. And then, cause I charged rerolling ones and I was just like, did all this damage and just went, now I'm going to spend CP to do it again. And it was just like,
1: right.
0: <laughs> so well, it
1: was like, me, This is all making me want to revisit my uh, <laughs> earlier, earlier idea of like putting my Britonians onto rounds and fielding as a hollow Morn army. <laughs> yeah, you totally
0: should. I said you were good. Oh god. <laughs> um but yeah, so <laughs> so that was my that was my first game. So um yeah, solid major win to me and finally got to test the uh the Vargolf nuclear missile, which was very fun. Um oh. and and hundred percent worked. And uh yeah, I think I did I did deployment well for once. I read the table and went, Oh, okay, I can go first, fill that hole, you can't use bridge, etc because last week obviously when we talked about it, I said my main thing was binary like deployment is super weak part of my game and I've been doing it really badly. So actively, it's the thing I'm trying to focus on the most at the moment is my deployment and really thinking about whether I take first or second and whether that changes as we're deploying and stuff like that, and actually actively trying to counter deploy and stuff and see what I can do. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, so my second game was against Luke McFadden um, and he had Seraphon. But his Seraphon list was quite different. So he had a Thunder Lizard um, co- uh, coalesced. So he had like double shooting Bastillodons. Um, he didn't take croak, so he had a Slan. Um, and then he had like bound Geminids, bound Burning Head, and bound Jaws. Um, and he had like two fives of Saurus Knights. He had four times 10 Skinks. Um, he had a Star Seer, the dude on chair um and he had a unit of six croxagore as well which is quite cool to see um and so yeah basically he he deployed a load of skinks units as screens and off to the side and some knights off to the side oh yeah and he had a unit of two salamanders as well um and a battle plan so it was knife to the heart which is quite knife cool yeah it's an old one but i've not i've not played it for a long time but actually it was really good um but yeah, so basically, I was like, okay, he's he's put a load of skink screens up in front of his army. Then he had his Croxagore as a line behind them, and then the like the Bastilladons and all the heroes and stuff behind them on his on his objective. But he had to put them fairly close forward because he was like, otherwise you just can give me first turn, and they're not really very useful, etc. So he he put them quite far forward, um, but it was still behind like a layer of skinks, then a layer of Croxagore before you could get to the basties, etc. So I think it was a fairly decent deployment, um, using yeah the, the knights and the skinks to create a zoning space on the out, on the outside because of my summoning coming in off the board edge as well. He didn't want me to summon stuff in behind him, etc. Um, But basically, I just measured the range of the Bastilodons as over 29 inches and set my army back from that um, and kind of bunkered on my objective mostly, but horrors off to one side, and then Flay is kind of in the middle with the dragon behind that as well. Um, And then the Vargolf and the arch region kind of around the throne um, because their buffs were holding range of everything Um, and then my ghouls as well just kind of front and back of my objective out of 29 gave him first turn because i knew he couldn't really do anything to me so he he ran some skink uh like his skinks forward basically up towards my objective pushed further out cast geminids etc um and then that was basically his turn uh, he did, like, Comet's Call and obviously and pinged a few mortal wounds onto some units, like, trying to chip off the ghouls, etc. Um, But the Vargolf was obviously in range of my hero phase to just use muster and bring them back and stuff like that. Um, so then I had my turn. I, I put the, like, extra attacks onto the um, horrors, the six horrors this time, and I sent them in because I didn't – because obviously this is the one where we win from turn three. Well, essentially the end of turn two. Um, but you you win from turn three if you've got um, both the objectives at the end of the turn. And um, so I, I kind of wanted to wait and not send everything in, um, and he obviously had multiple screens as well. So I needed to deal, deal with like the two units of skinks that had come forward as a screen that was before it then get to the croc scores and then the basties. Um, and so basically I sent the horrors in and gave them the extra attacks thinking I'm just going to blow through these two units of ten skinks. And then kind of uh, i go to do it and then it's like because it's um coalesced and everything's minus one damage my damage two horrors are actually damage one yeah. so they're they're like quite shite um yeah. and then i like i i can't i think he actually unbound i either failed to cast it yeah that's right i don't think i got my extra attacks off on them Um, but I did have my zombie dragon in range or whatever so I was re-rolling hit rolls anyway Um, but basically I hit I hit one unit and killed like six Um, and then I hit the other unit and killed like three and then I was like I kind of need these to be gone so I'm just gonna I am gonna double pile in which I was a bit like I can't believe I have to do this because I thought I'd have just blown them up but I double piled in and basically killed off the other unit Um, And the four were out of range, but I killed off the main unit that was tagging them. So the Horrors were no longer in combat anyway. Um, And that was pretty much it. I pushed the other stuff a bit further forward, um, but kind of kept the main stuff again out of 29 inches of his Basties. And then turn two priority, I won. And so obviously I took it. He moved his Geminids, made the Horrors minus one to hit, um, and that was about it. Um, and then, yeah, I put all my buffs, extra attacks onto the flayers, and then went zoomy zoomy, double move, um, and put the flayers in a line and into the front of his Croxagore and Saurus Knights and stuff that he had around the side. Um, and then the horrors also charged further down the line into his Croxagore to get on tag the end of his unit of uh, salamanders as well. Um, and on the right hand side, I'd brought on, sorry, my previous turn, I'd brought on the Bargolf and three flayers in the corner uh nine away from his um his five knights and like a unit of ten skinks that he had coming he was going to send around the flanks to my objective so they moved up as well um and basically flayers screamed at the skinks because that is the one good thing is coalesced skinks are crappy bravery they're bravery five so my flayers screams can actually do mortal wounds to them um and the same thing with the salamanders is the skink handlers are actually a big liability to them um in coalesce because their is crap so i was like mm. oh i can scream scream bravery into them but um anyway so yeah basically on the right i i'd move my zombie dragon in like centrally as well to get his wounds buff and then ended up just charging everything pretty much turn two so my big block of flares went in all to his army into the crocs and saurus knights and then the horrors went in on the other end of the saurus knights like further down and into his um salamanders and then the zombie dragon went in on the end of the saurus knights on the right the vargov went in in between them and the skinks and the flares went into the skinks um, and then basically just went rum, 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 rum. and the flares the nine flares went first deleted the Croxagore and everything and then they went again um, into the because the basties i think are actually quite crap bravery i think the basties are only like bravery six or something which really surprised me so i did the flayer screams into the bastiladons Um, And I got really lucky on one of them on the left, I think, because um, I did four Mortal Wounds to it from the players that were in range from Screams. And that's huge because the Basties, until they've taken three wounds, have a one-plus save. Um, And because of the way it works, it basically means it's unrendable. If you have a one-plus save, it means it ignores rend. And so you have to drop them to a two-plus. And Mm. that only happens once you've done, like, three wounds. But obviously, if it's any damage in combat all gets allocated at the same time, so they would have a 1 plus, like, unrendable save in combat. Yeah. Even if even if I did mortal wounds to them on sixes to hit, that doesn't get applied until after they've rolled their save rolls for the other attacks. So they would, they would basically ignore my rend um, unless I had taken them off that 1 plus save. And so putting through four mortal wounds onto a basti with my screams meant that in combat, if I got my flares into them, I'd be able to, they wouldn't, be able to ignore my rend etc um so yeah the first round of attacks killed like four and a half of the crocsagor and two or three of the Soros knights um and then the second pile in went in killed off the other croxagor um and then did like i think basti's got 12 wounds and it had like one wound left so and so i think i did seven wounds to one basti and maybe three or four to the other one um, so that was my flare so that was pretty good um, and then the horrors killed off the other two or three knights um, and they did really crap into this uh, like they only did like two damage maybe into the unit of salamander so you just removed two skin candlers um, because again the horrors just going to damage one and being negative one to hit as well so they were fives rerolling um even though they were re-rolling their wounds because the zombie dragon had got his spell off. Um, they're just they're just crap against Coalesced, honestly. Um, but then the Flayers and the Vargolf and the Zombie Dragon completely nuked the five knights and the ten skinks that were on the other side as well. Um so then Luke had his turn, and then with the Salamanders he but he shot off the um six horrors. Completely just like went it. And shot them off and I I thought he was gonna charge into my zombie dragon Um, and then he was like no because if I don't kill him and then you can go twice you'll kill them and I need them to be alive because if I win priority then I can move them forward shoot it anyway and then charge other stuff and I was like yeah fair enough Um, but yeah basically um, his turn he couldn't he did a lot still he still had both basties alive in his second turn so he put the buffs on them like rerolls pluses to hit skink priests double shot both of them into my flayers because obviously that's what they had to shoot because they were tied up um and yeah so one basti still was doing 18 shots and the other was still doing five and they rend one damage two there were threes rolling ones by threes like they pump out a lot of damage even the one that had one freaking wound left could still do 10 shots that were damaged two so he shot off all nine flayers and i was like okay like a zombie dragon's kind of in your face, and I've still got those guys here. But at the same time, the salamanders—if he gets priority, they can shoot the zombie dragon, etc. Like he's, hes still in the game, and he's still—and he'd have the basties alive, etc. Yeah. Um, it would have been hard, but he was still kind of in the game. Uh, and then turn three priority, I won the priority roll, and was like, "I'm just gonna obviously take it." And then I went nuclear with my Vargolf, put my spells on, got my plus three, and then double move the Vargolf, put him in between. Basically the whole was I could get him into both Basties and then his Slan and his Star Priest and his Starseer. Um and the zombie dra- and the zombie dragon was able to come across and get into the other Bastie that I needed to do Mortal wounds. War- That's right. I needed I wanted to do Mortal Wounds onto that other Bastie to again bracket it so that it couldn't ignore the Rend one and Rend Two on the Vargoth. So I ignored the Sal I ignored the um salamanders with the zombie dragon. Um, and I made the two the charge into the basti, did my two up, did two mortal wounds um, with my oh, yeah. core 10 yep. So it was actually useful, bracketed okay. it, then it was going to take the Ren 2 um, from the Vargolf. And, yeah, basically the other Vargolf and the Flayers then went into the um, the Salamanders, and, uh, yeah, it was game over. I, I, I went twice with the nuclear Vargolf, killed both bastis, killed his <laughs> uh, Starseer, killed his Skink Priest, so he just had his slam left with me and the zombie dragon was there um, and I'd killed it. I'd killed it. I'd killed everything basically. Um, turn two again? Turn three. Turn three, top, right. Top of, top of three. Um, and so then he called it and it was like, yeah, Chris, Chris has won. I think actually, I think we ran out of time. I think he did his turn, but it was like Simon came over and he's like diced down and Luke just went. Chris has won it's fine because <laughs> Luke had to go home anyway um unfortunately he wasn't he wasn't playing for the whole event but um yeah um so yeah it was it was good to get to play Luke and um, yeah I got a, another convincing win uh for my second game so uh that was good and I was That's enjoying good. I was enjoying the list as well yes, like every so every time um so yeah it was cool um but yeah, I feel like I've been talking a lot, so should we take a quick break and then uh, come back and I'll I'll do games three, four, and five and then some thoughts?
1: Yeah, no problems. Cool. Let's have a break.
2: On the seventh day of Christmas, Father never gave to me, seven drums are planting, six bees are leaping.
1: from the break chris sounds like you've been having some pretty good games uh, over that weekend so um pretty keen to hear about game three so who's who's up next
0: yeah they, it's, it's been fun um so third game was corey p with his daughters of Cain list um and this list is i have to say pretty insane um and very strong um and certainly after this game was my pick to win the event um Basically, it is a Calebron list, which I think you're going to see everywhere now because I think it's incredible with the new Shadow Queen and combined with the new, um, well, not the new, they've they've been around for years, you just didn't see many of them, but the the Bloodstalkers, which are the bows, the bow snakes. So basically his list was Marathi, Shadow Queen, um, and then a Bloodwrack Medusa as the general with Shadowstone. So in Calebron, she has the Mistress of Illusion trait, which is every hero phase, start of his hero phase. He can pick a unit within seven that's not within three of an enemy unit, and he can teleport it anywhere on the battlefield nine away. And then the Shadow Stone gives it reroll ones and plus one to cast. So uh, she then had Mirror Dance, which is a spell that only casts on a four. So when you're re-rolling ones and adding one, you can only you can only fail that spell on a double one into a double one. So it's like astronomical odds, one in thirty-six into one in thirty-six. Um, so he had obviously a very reliable mirror dance. Um, so mirror dance lets him swap heroes. So basically, you pick two heroes that are like two Doors of arcane heroes that are within twenty-four inches of each other, and you base- and not within six of any other units, your like friendly units included, and then they swap positions on the battlefield. So basically the trick there is he can teleport one of his foot heroes, could be the Medusa itself, it could be Little Marathi, whatever. Um, he can teleport them anywhere and then basically all he has to do is teleport them wholly within 24 of the Shadow Queen and then he casts um, Mirror Dance, which is extremely reliable because he can cast it from a backboard edge so unless he's playing like Seraphon or something with a board wide unbind a lot of the time he can just cast it um, and they don't have a chance to unbind etc and then he basically just puts Shadow Queen nine inches away from the opponent's army but actually it ends up being like six inches away because you can put the back of her base to the front of the base and gain some movement there but then because she hasn't been teleported or moved she's actually free to move in his movement phase So she can then move, she she can be like six away and then move 14 and then shoot and charge. So basically, he can get Shadow Queen into the meaty part of an army turn one um, easily. But he can also use the teleport on the unit of 20 bow snakes he had. And then Little Marathi can spend a CP and let them shoot in the hero phase. So he could tell, he could put those bow snakes basically on the backboard edge, teleport them anywhere nine away. As long as they're holy within 24 of Little Marathi, he can then spend a CP, shoot 40 shots of them in the hero phase, six is doing mortals, and then he can shoot them again in the shooting phase, six is doing mortals, but threes and threes of Rend. So it's 80 shots, threes and threes of Rend, six is doing mortals he can put out. And then the trick in his list is he also took Laoshon, the soul seeker. So what the super he can do there is Little Marathi can cast Laoshon next to herself And then teleport like move with laushan 12 away and obviously when a unit moves with laushan after it's finished its move you have to kill a model so because little marathi can't auto die all that happens is big marathi takes three wounds but it lets him move it lets him essentially teleport little marathi ready to be mirror danced without using his calebron teleport which he wants to use on the 20 bow snakes so as long as little marathi As long as Little Marathi casts Laoshan, then he's basically guaranteed to be able to get Shadow Queen in wherever he wants, pretty much. And then he can also teleport the 20 Bow Snakes and double shoot in the Hero Phase. So it's a huge huge amount of threat and power that he is almost... It's not almost guaranteed, because the one thing I did say afterwards is... um, Because it did come up later in the event. He actually did fail the Mirror Dance. On the final game so the double one into a double one happened oh wow (laughs) it happened turn one of the fifth game um which is obviously you're like oh my god as if that just happened but the uh, the only thing is i did say if he does the if he teleports the bow snakes using the calebron teleport he's actually it's not the mirror dance he's relying on to get the trick to work it's the laoshan so he naturally has to cast laoshan with my uh, little marathi with a plus one so he has to roll a five so actually his chances of failing are one in six not one in like 900 or thousands whatever they should be um so that's that is the one risk that you do need to take into account but he was like yeah but i'd already cast mind Racer, So so that point, i'd already cast lauchon so at that point it should have it should have happened but i was like yeah but your odds of that land failing were one in six yeah. Um uh, but still it is astronaut like it's The redundancy in it is incredible, and the power and flexibility it gives is incredible, just in those two pieces anyway. Um, Shadow Queen is just, as far as I'm concerned, Marathi Shadow Queen is an auto-include in any army that can take her now. So I think any Daughters of Kane army should be taking her, and I think any mixed order army should be taking her. Um, She is just absolutely incredible for what she does. Her damage output is insane. You get two models that cannot die, and only take three wounds a turn, absolute maximum. So you know that they're alive for four turns. Um, it's just, yeah, it's incredible. Little Marathi is a natural minus one to hit, three cast wizard with minus, like, uh, with decent ish combat attacks. Like, yeah, it, it, exceptionally good now, basically, for the points. And the bow snakes being able to shoot twice and double their output, also very, very, very good at that range um, and do mortals. So you're going to see a. Uh, Fuck ton of daughters of Kane on the tabletops um, coming up soon, and they're all over TTS already. I think, um, like I myself have been looking at them as well. And there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of different builds as well. Um, a lot more Kayla though you're going to see. Um, I think it's super cool with the teleporting because you can teleport every turn <clears throat> as well. So late game, as long as there's no bodies on an objective, you just you can teleport the Bloodrak producer herself. And you just put her there grab an objective um but the other thing he had is he had a unit of um life takers which can deploy off the board and drop down nine away and they had two units of the new daughters of kane war Crow warband which the shadow stalkers and yeah. they can they can teleport every movement phase nine away so he has so many teleports in the list yeah. um so it's it's hyper mobile and super good at the objective game Um, but also has A load of damage output and resilience where he needs it in the form of shadow coin so it's super good list Um, but yeah basically I was deploying this and in deployment was kind of going I think I have to take first turn and just try and hit his stakes as hard as possible because if I give him first turn his trick works he does all the damage he wants to do into my army and basically he could probably he can delete the Vargolf etc I can't really hide him from the 24 inch range so I was like I think i have to, basically what he'd done is he deployed his blob of 20 snakes in the in the middle of the board not quite not on his backboard edge but a decent chunk back from his screens which was just two tens of like sisters of slaughter um shadow queen was way off to one side and then his heroes were off to the other side and i was kind of watching his deployment going actually i can jump i can literally fly over that screen and just put my flares into it, or his snakes and i was just like. I'm going to outdrop him so I have to just hope he doesn't see it because he still had his ten witch elves that I was just expecting him to put in a line exactly in between his screening unit and his um, snakes so that my flayers wouldn't be able to fit where they would need to fit in order to fight his snakes and they just put them off to one side and I was like I'm gonna go first and then basically just hope that this works. Um, so I put all the buffs up onto my nine flayers, got the extra three. I got extra three. I got the three on the D3. So the flayers were, like, all zoomy, zoomy, ready to go. Um, I put them off to, like, I put them in front of his lines, obviously, with the double moving. I was three away. Um, did some screams into the doors of a cane band because they were only, like, bravery six or whatever. So managed to chip a few off of them um, and then basically charged. I uh, didn't get a huge charge. I think I got like a, actually, no, it was a decent charge. It was an eight, I think. Um, and what I did was I went kind of at an angle, because because nine flares is such a long line, and I wanted to move into his snakes. where From where I'd flown, I'd been off to one side on my deployment to fit them in the box. Um, so I kind of wanted to go a bit more left to actually get into his snakes. Um, but in hindsight, I should have literally just with my eight inch move gone straight forward over the screen and landed. And I would have, I definitely would have got more flares in than I did. Because um, basically, what happened was I, um, to keep coherency and that the angles I was at, I had to pile essentially backwards with a load of the flares um, on my first pile in to like to maintain coherency because you have to pile in towards the closest model which was actually his screens of like which elves or sisters of slaughter Yeah. um i had flown up my dragon or my, or my, no i'd flown up my bar golf really really far up the table i think i rolled a six on my run roll and i'd run him up so he was wholly within 18 of them anyway so i was going to be able to do the double piling um but basically i did my first did my first pile in killed like the two units um that I was in combat with in terms of his screens, like the Witch Elves and the Sisters. Um, and then I only had my Champion on the corner of his Snakes within one for the first piling, um, but he still had like nine attacks. Um, and then with my second piling, I managed to get two more flares into the unit of Snakes and the Champion still, and then I got one into his Blood rack Medusa and that was it in terms of actually being within one to attack. So out of my unit of nine, I only actually had four of them in range on the second piling to hit stuff, um, which was the big problem. Um, and then basically still with just the champion going twice and then two others going once into the snakes, I managed to kill nine of them, I think, nine out of the 20. Um, and then the one that was into the blood rat Medusa did five wounds to it and they have six. So I was like, oh, because that one wound was going to come back to haunt me. Um, because it's that that Medusa is the linchpin to his list because it has the teleporting and the mirror dance and and everything Um, but I managed it was lucky with one flayer anyway to do five wounds from like seven attacks but still Um, I was just hoping because the malls are in addition and I think I rolled like three sixes on the malls. I was like come on just kill it but um, it had one wound left but anyway so I blew up nine snakes and two of his screens and I had nine the main important thing is I had nine flayers in his army, in his deployment zone, in combat with his snakes and Marathi and the Blood rat Medusa. So he couldn't teleport because all the stuff he would teleport was in combat. So he couldn't do it. Um so basically he obviously he used his hero phase CP and shot with the snakes, the eleven remaining snakes into the flayers and then also um then He actually retreated them out I think Um, and I was like I was expecting to just shoot them in combat but I think he actually retreated the snakes backwards Um, and then um, because I think he didn't want to be within three if he won the priority so he could teleport that's why he didn't want to not quite kill them all and be stuck and not be able to teleport so he retreated them out and then basically used his units of witch elves um, and I think little Marathi or whatever to go into combat with them to finish them off because again Nine flares, five up save, the bow snakes, and everything else. Like, witch elves will just tear through them. So, um, yeah, he killed he killed the nine flares in his first turn. Um, and then, but he failed his nine-inch charge into my Vargolf, because I'd obviously run my general, the, the, the nuclear Vargolf had had to run up into the middle of the table. And he failed his nine-inch charge with Marathi into into the Vargolf. So I was like, okay, cool. Um, and then I managed to win turn two priority. So then I was like, okay, time for the Vargolf to go near (laughs) clear, put my Mm -hmm. extra time sign. Now I did make I did mess up because of the order that you have to do stuff in here. So basically he'd moved Shadow Queen and a bunch of stuff so that it was in the way he was kind of screening from me trying to get to the snakes on the backboard edge. So I measured stuff because the one thing I have to do at the start of my hero phase is decide if I want to do the run and charge command ability. So basically what I did was I measured my bar golf to go what's the closest I can get to be 3 away from like where Shadow Queen and the Witch Elves and stuff was and then go how far away is 3 away the other side from the snakes etc because if that distance is more than 10 I'm not going to be able to just move into that hole and it was it was like 11 11 and a half or something so I was like okay I have to use the run and charge command ability to be able to, because the first part he had way more move than necessary, but obviously he can't move within three. So the first hero phase move was just to get him to within, th- like to just outside three of Shadow Queen and stuff on the front lines. And then the normal move was going to be a run, because the minimum I could roll is one plus one is two, so 12. And I was 11 and a half inches to being able to jump past Shadow Queen and be three away from the snakes behind his lines. So I measured all that and said, OK, I'm using I'm using the um, the hero phase run and charge. Um, and so then because I was doing it, and normally when you like, activate stuff, you just do it, and that's when you have to do it. But I didn't actually have to do the move at that point. Yeah. So what I did was because obviously I measured it and I was caught up in it, I said, OK, I'm going to do it. And then I ran the bar, like I moved the bar golf and did my hero phase move. But then I went on. Range. Then I went on to the rest of my hero phase, and I was wholly—I was still wholly within 24 for my extra attack spell, so I got that off and got like two extra attacks or whatever onto it. But the problem was, um, you have to be wholly within 18 to get the reroll to hit, and I was—I was at the start of my move because when I the turn before I always make sure that I move the arch region to be wholly within 18, and I had been at the start but because i moved before i cast my spells i actually moved myself out of that bubble so i wasn't re-rolling to hit um, which is for that is a big mistake um, but anyway uh, so i did all my stuff and basically sent the nuclear bar golf into the middle of his snake unit because there was enough models that i would get the extra attacks on my claws pop my decanter and basically i blew up the snakes and um, with missing the re-rolls i think three or four of them were still alive maybe three so he, i think he'd lost eight um but he didn't have any cp because he'd spent his cp in the previous turn to shoot with them so he couldn't auto save them and he rolled like a five or a six so they all ran away so i was like okay good i've killed his 20 snakes mm. um and i've killed like a good amount of his witch elves and stuff like that um but obviously i hadn't touched shadow queen or marathi which i was a bit like because i wanted to put wounds onto them because the more turns of the game that passed with no wounds you just know they're lasting like the whole game yeah um but i was like okay at least the snakes are gone my var but i'd used the nine flares and the vargolf basically so i still had the zombie dragon which kind of had in the middle and i was holding the six horrors back on my objective um not on my objective sorry this was because this was in star strike so there weren't actually any objectives until turn two anyway um but i was basically just holding the horrors back in the middle to kind of wait and go at least i've got something that i can punch hopefully later on in the game um but yeah basically in his turn he obviously killed the vargolf because it's 10 wins with a five eight wins with a five up save it's easy um and then he did his tricks and then basically got shadow queen in um and he managed to make a 12 inch charge which got him into my zombie dragon and my six horrors um and then he put all of the attacks into the horrors um and he actually whiffed a bit and he left one horror alive so he killed five um of the horrors out of the six which is yeah marathi probably should normally kill more than that so i was like okay um and he obviously hadn't attacked the zombie dragon so the zombie dragon went and put the three wounds through onto marathi um and then yeah he basically started moving and getting like trying to he claimed uh, the middle objective as well with some harp, harpies or oh, no he tried to take the middle objective off me with some with his unit of life takers but i had 10 ghouls, so i was able to outnumber him so he couldn't take it so in terms of turn two points up, i scored he didn't um oh no he did he did get it he did get it i think um it was two two and then turn three i managed to win the priority again so it's like okay here we go but the problem is the turn before uh the horrors had to if they lose five models i mean you always have to roll battle shock but basically if they lose five models the sixth one runs if you roll a six on your battle shock mm. and a roll, i had i had no cp and I a roll of six on my battle shock
1: uh.
0: <laughs> so unfortunately that horror ran away which was massive because i had my second vargolf that i'd summoned in range so yeah. if i hadn't run away that vargolf would have mustered the back. horrors would have mustered the horrors back and would have meant that i could have retreated the horrors out and kept the zombie dragon in or vice versa um, to keep shadow queen engaged and keep chipping the wounds onto her um, and then have more bodies on the other objective which had dropped down on the right but basically i, I i'd lost them so all i had was the vargolf the arch regent zombie dragon and then like my 10 ghouls um, and the um my anvil's hero kind of on the left um, and I brought on three flares top right. So I used those three flares to come across and kill off his life takers um, And I started running the Ghouls to his objective which had dropped down in the middle at the back um, But he had his two units of uh, Warcry, Warband guys there. So he had like ten models from one unit and Four that were left, I think, from the other sitting around that. So I kind of sent the Ghouls and my um Andal's and apotheosis hero towards his objective to hopefully fight through that stuff while the flayers um, and stuff held on the left. And then the Bargolf moved on to my objective on the right. Um, And then I tried to basically go, okay I'm retreating the zombie dragon um, because I want it to be a threat and I don't want Shadow Queen to just kill it. I want you to have to go deal with it later. And then I ran the arch region to the left as well. Um, And then I basically, because I moved the zombie dragon away instead of moving him onto my objective on the right it meant i couldn't charge with the vargolf because i wouldn't have any models on that objective so i had to just leave the vargolf on the objective instead of getting his witches and sisters that were coming for it so i was a bit like oh that wasn't great but i scored i scored mine and i scored the middle again so i got six um and then on his turn um what happened was marathi then charged the zombie dragon and where i'd run them i stupidly had not put that bigger gap between it and the arch regent so she was able to charge both of them oh. at the same time
2: yeah
0: um so then um yeah it kind of just meant she could get into both um but then i he charged my vargo for my other objective with his remaining um witch elves and sisters of slaughter and basically wrapped it with pretty much 10 on both sides but then he went with shadow queen first and I, in the previous turn, had put had cast my spells, um, and my plus extra attacks, I think, and it was just sitting on the Vargolf, which I hadn't charged, so it still had it still had the buffs on it. And so he went with Shadow Queen into the Zombie Dragon or whatever, and then I was like, I'm going to go with my Vargolf, and he was like, like how are you splitting attacks? I was like, I'm not going to, I'm going to put them all in one unit, and then I'm going to go again. And he was like,
2: oh fuck! And mm-hmm. so my
0: var- my Vargolf literally just killed ten sisters. Went again for my CP, killed the other ten witch elves, and it meant he didn't take my objective and I'd killed both those units. Yeah. And so I was I was sitting there like, ah oh, yes, okay, I've got a chance here. Um, because I've just killed off those two threats and he's not going to score that objective this turn. Um and so he was like, shit, 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 shit. So then he only got three. Um, and then I managed to win priority again <laughs> <laughs> for for turn four. <laughs> Yeah. I did feel I did feel for Corey because I, I was winning it every time to just stay in it because um, if he'd got any of them, it would have been a lot easier for him to turn around and be like, no. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so then I – There probably I made, wouldn't have
1: been much mercy shown you if had he won the turns. No, no, no,
0: no. <laughs> um, we, both, we were both running out of models. Um, like, I basically had a few goals and my dude go to his back objective. I had, like, my three flares sit on one. I ran – I ran and retreated my arch regent away from Marathi and this time set it the other side of the objective so he, wasn't, he wouldn't be able to charge the arch regent and the flayers and kill both. So I was like, Shadow Queen on her own will not be able to take that left objective. And I had my Vargolf and he had teleported Marath, little Marathi over the turn before. So I was just like, oh, I, I want to chip wounds off little Marathi because if I put 12 wounds through, both models disappear from the table. And Shadow Queen won't be able to take stuff and, like, I'll outnumber because his blood Rat Medusa can't kill my Vargolf. And so I had my Vargolf sitting on my objective, and then little Marathi was in a spot where I could charge her and still be on the objective. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to do that. So I charged little Marathi and then whiffed and did, like, nothing to her. So, and then obviously he was able to pile in round me and also be within six of the objective. It was mine from the previous turn, so I knew I wasn't going to lose it. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of okay with this because she's in combat, I'm going to be able to fight her, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. Um, And if I can put the wounds through, great. But the problem was, because of where she was, I'd run away from the middle. And as soon as you move more than three inches from the middle of an objective, it means that something that can teleport nine away can teleport onto the objective, the other side to you. So then what happened was in his turn, he was then able to teleport the blood rat medusa from the backboard edge that had that one freaking wound left and put it the other the other side of the objective so then he had he had little marathi and he had the blood rat medusa versus just my Vargolf. and so then in his turn he was able to score that and his back objective because i'd sent my ghouls and my up and my abhorrent um, Anvil's hero into his back objective into the Shadow Stalkers and they're just crap, Tangles don't do shit and I just lost the bodies and he didn't, like I couldn't outnumber him anyway because he had a 10 and a 4 and I had a 10 and a 1 so I was like I'm going to have to try and fight them but um it just didn't, like, maybe ugh, if I'd got all the ghouls into the four and my arch regent here and my opponent into the four as well and just ignored the ten so that I had the ten and the one, but I couldn't I couldn't do enough damage. Um, they were actually, like, they, they fight back a bit too hard, the, the leader of the unit, and then naturally minus one to hit in combat. So I just couldn't, couldn't unfortunately, do enough damage to take his back objective. But um, in my turn, at least, I had scored both to get eight, but because he was able to do that teleport, he was also able to score eight because he got his back and then the Marathi and Bloodrack outnumbered my Vargolf. So he also scored eight. So he was only three points behind from when I'd scored two and he'd only scored one in turn three. Yeah. And then uh, turn five, um, it was then diced down at that point. Um, but what I like is that Simon covers up. Simon comes over at his events and at the po- if a game hasn't finished, at the point of dice down. He doesn't just say what's the score, that's the end result. He makes a ruling on how he thinks the game would end. And if there's certain things like he'll say, Okay, what point are you up to? So we're like, we've just finished turn four. And I could see Corey was like, oh. like, because I knew he was he would win if we played the fifth turn because of just the bodies. He he'd score two and I would score one maximum. And because Star Strike, they're worth five they like they're worth five points on the end round, he was gonna overtake yeah. me anyway. Um yeah. And I, was just, I could see him being like, oh, fuck. And I was like, don't worry, it's fine. Simon will make a ruling. Like, you're going to win. Don't worry. Um, and then, yeah, Simon came over and he, said, he basically said, just roll priority. Corey won it. And I was like, it didn't matter anyway, Simon. But with Corey winning it, he killed my army. Um, like, everything was gone. And he scored 15. And I'd score nothing um, on my last turn. If I'd got it, I would have been able to score five. And he'd have still scored 15. So yeah, it, yeah. It, it, just, it didn't matter um yeah which is slightly like oh if we were playing a different scenario where you couldn't score extra points for these last turns then i might yeah. have had it but there was there was at least three things i definitely could have done that i'm pretty sure would have won me the game so and i thought that was a very 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 hard matchup going into it so i feel like yeah. i did well i did well against that list with a combat a week in terms of resilience, combat army, I think I pushed him really hard, and Corey said, like, it was one of the best games he's ever had, and it was it was really fun, it was super tactical, super tight, each of us gave each other, like, a one-take-back thing, where I had, like, I think, because I was trying to get through stuff, I'd moved on from my hero, like, I didn't basically do my hero phase, and then I went, I, I like, went, I moved my ghouls, and then she like, said, oh, fuck, I haven't done my spells or anything, I think that was the term of the bar golf, and he was like, yeah. it's fine, you, you can do them like moving those ghouls has zero Im- impact on anything and i was like are you sure um and cory said yeah it's fine yeah so yeah so i i did it and then he had a turn i think his next turn he then did he set up for his trick with his mirror dance he did his caleb Ron teleport and then went to mirror dance and like cast a spell and everything and then i just went what are you going to mirror dance though because all of your stuff's within six and he was like oh fuck I didn't even think about it um because it can't you can't you can't swap stuff if it's within six of anything um and so i just said do you want to take it back like do you want to do something else and he was like is that okay was like yes because now we're even (laughs) yeah so um
1: good sportsmanship
0: so yeah it was it was a really good game and corey's a really nice guy to play and like super tight on stuff and yeah, I, I look forward to playing it again. Um but yeah, unfortunately for me that was a major loss uh, to me. I think it ended up being twenty-eight to sixteen. Um yep. but it was it was really good. It was good fun. Um and that was the end of day one. Um so yeah, I was I was two one, so but I still felt like I was like, this is this is still good. Like I was disheartened I'd lost, but at the same time, I felt I'd done very well in that game anyway. Um and it'd been a good fun game and so I was like look if I win both my games on day 2 got on gate on day 2 day 2 yeah. then, um then I was like 4-1 should be a podium depending on how the other people do in their secondaries. so I was like I'm going to have to start trying to focus more on my secondaries now because normally I at that sort of if you're playing at an event where there'll only be one person that goes 5 and 0 then secondaries don't matter so normally I kind of i start the event not worrying about the secondaries because i don't want to lose a game because i'm overly focused on secondaries so i'm trying to just win the game because that's what matters but then as soon as you lose a game and you're trying to play for a 4-1 podium you have to then start really playing for the secondaries so these two games i was like okay i'm gonna to have to i'm gonna to have to try and play for secondaries so i was focusing them focusing on them a lot more um i actually so- just
1: forget about the secondaries <laughs> Like I, say, I normally I've been getting, try i normally try getting to, better at it though i've been getting yeah. better at incorporating them into my game
0: <laughs> yeah. but again it was good because it made me actively go okay now i have to start thinking about secondaries if i want a podium yeah, yeah. um but yes like, again game...
1: it's the leveling leveling up your game
0: mm-hmm. yeah
1: your
0: Game. yeah um but yes a so game four i was against jai and he was playing slanesh um he was playing a 12 chariot list so well, it was yeah, so it was three exalted on health layers, three like Bladebringer heroes on seeker chariots, and then six seeker chariots as battle line in a um, godseekers. I think the one uh, where if three more, if three or more units have made a charge, he gets like D three depravity or D six depravity or something in his in his hero phase or in his turn. Um, and yeah, it's twelve freaking chariots that all do like. Impact it, impact it, mortal wounds. And at the start of combat, do like mortal wounds on two ups. They do D3, and then for every wound or model they kill with those D3s from different units, they get extra attacks on all their profiles. And their profiles don't degrade. Their profiles don't degrade, and they all have rend, and they all have exploding sixes that works on the riders and the, everything. It's and it's super fast. It can retreat, like all of the chariots, like retreat and charge. So he can get keep getting those mortal wound impact hits. And then he can summon. And it's, ugh, yeah. But at the, same, at the same time, it's not that many bodies. And the battle line chariots are like six wounds with a four up save. My army should be able to like kill quite a few of them. Um, so basically, we're playing Total Commitment, which didn't impact either of our armies, because nothing deploys off the tables. Um, and yeah basically I was just like nothing runs and charges in your army it's the one thing I find weird with Slanesh is they're supposed to be fast but nothing runs and charges so and his movement's like 12 so I was like, basically as long as I'm 24 inches away you can't declare charges um and so and I outdropped him so I was like pretty much able to just set up not on the line because I think you're only 18 apart, so he was setting up. He spread his chariots out. They take up a huge amount of board space. He was creating, like, four to six-inch gaps, like, between all of the chariots, I think, and he pretty much put all of the battle line ones along the front and then the hero ones behind, um, which I was a bit, like, I would have thought you'd put most of the hero ones on the front because if they die, you get the depravity, etc. and it's the hero ones that obviously do the locus at the end of the charge phase. Um, but the thing is, the locus is within six. So actually when I did charge him, like he was like, this one's within six. This like when I charged, he was like, all my chariots are within six. So the whole point is that I can locus you. Um but basically I gave him first turn. He gained a fuck ton of CP because his list is all about gaining CP. So he had like nine CP or something by turn two. Um and then he tried to cast like a mystic shield. And then what he did was he so he has two artifacts on his chariots. And so with the Fane of slash, in your hero phase, you can pick a hero, and you can, if it has an artifact, you can sacrifice the artifact to the Fane to get reroll or hit rolls for the rest of the game. And so the reason he did that is because when I said my Vargolf gets extra attacks and extra damage if it's within three of a hero so he, with an artifact, so he's like, I'm just going to destroy both my artifacts, because they don't really do that for much for me. So I was like, yeah, OK. Um, yeah. But yes, the turn one, he just destroyed both his artifacts, which I look back and you actually can't. You can only pick one hero, but it doesn't matter. He could have just done it turn one and then turn two. Um, but so he destroyed both his artifacts. so My Vargoth wasn't going to get his buffs, tried to cast the Mystic Shield and then gained his CP and went, I'm done. And he didn't move. And I was like, do you know what? That's not a bad idea. So, But then all I did was just move In my turn i gained cp which is nice for me because i also like cp and can probably make better use of it because i can go twice um and so i um yeah i just moved up a bit and basically moved like my horrors and stuff so that they were closer threat range so that i would be able to like i wouldn't need to double move all of my units to be able to like make multiple charges Like i could push the zombie dragon further up etc and actually i was measuring from a bunch of his chariots and I, i let him be within like 10 or 12 with the front two chariots because i was still going to be outside of 24 of like all of the rest so i was like Do you know what if he does charge it's going to be two chariots which i'll kill in his turn and that's fine um and it let me basically move up put my buffs up and in case he did charge me um and then i went that's me i did my summoning as well so that that was ready but put it quite far back off on his flank with my Vargolf and three players and then i just went i'm done and he was like, Oh, come on, man. And I'm like, what? You're playing KG? I'm gonna play KG. Yeah. Um so then we roll turn two priority, he rolls a five, I roll a six, and I'm like, You're going again? <laughs> Cause yeah. I don't I don't need my double, and he just was like, Oh, come on. So then he started kind of moving some of the chariots like around the side, but again, he didn't come forward, like he didn't he didn't commit to me, he shuffled around a little bit, but he, that was basically it. Um total non commitment. And so then he was yeah literally it was like total non-commitment exactly that's that's great james damn it why didn't i think of that um <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um yeah and so then um it came to my turn too and i was like all right it's time to hit the gas put my spells on got my extra attacks like two extra attacks on my flayers um and then basically so it's like right double move players um get them three away from a hole because he spaced them all out, and he was like, "I think doing this, like, I'll space them so you won't be able to like get much." And I was looking at it, going, "No, that is fucking perfect because these flares are, these flayers are on fifty mil bases, and so the gap, the gaps he was making was basically just like I'm going to be able to get all of my bases in amongst all these all these chariots and be like in contact with like six
1: chariots, <laughs> and slaughter.
0: <laughs> basically, um. So then, yeah, I moved everything up, got my like reroll wound spell off on the zombie dragon, got my extra two attacks on the um flayers um and then moved the horrors in and so basically i made i made all of my charges so i got i got the horrors into like a couple of the chariots on the left i got the zombie dragon into the chariots there in the middle and then i got my nine flares into like four of four or five of his chariots um near to his objective as well um and then i kind of and i was like right i've done all my charges and then he's obviously like right end of the charge phase locus and i'm like there's nothing i can do about it i knew it was coming and at the end of the day he didn't have any keepers of secrets i was like it's on fives um so i was like at least if i can go in some places i'm still going to be able to like because what i was thinking is because the chariots are also close as well is if i go once and i blow up the chariots i'm in combat with and then i pile in again i should be able to blow up more chariots anyway so all i need is like one or one of the units to be able to go first and go twice and just blow up a bunch of it but he managed to roll two out of three of his five ups, and one of them was on the big block of nine flares, annoyingly, and then the other was on the horrors, I think. So basically I had to go with the zombie dragon first. So I went with him, um, and I think he he kind of whiffed. I think he just, like, killed a battle line chariot, and then I was like, I'm going to go again. I need to anyway. And then I think I went into another one and did better on that one and actually got a shit ton of damage through with his attacks um and i think so i think i killed like two chariots or one and a half maybe the zombie dragon the zombie dragon doesn't hit that hard at all he hits way less hard than the other two because he's not reliable because he hits on fours and no re-rolls yeah. um but then he went basically with his chariots into the robocca nine players so he went with his first tail flare and obviously start of combat he had gone with his start of combat two up d3 more wounds, extra attacks two up d3 more wounds, extra attacks on like loads of my units and i was like Ugh, this sucks but it is what it is yeah. um so then he attacked with one of the hell flayers that was in combat with my flayers, and they're only five. The thing is, they're only five, like four wounds with a five up save, and most of his attacks have rend, and he has so many of them that he just started killing my flayers. Like he killed like three or four flayers with the, just the hell flayer, and I was like, "Fuck!" And he still had two more like battle line chariots to go, and I was like, "Well, you may as well do them at the same time because I'm going last." Um, yeah. So he did that. He did them, and he killed like. I think he killed like four maybe even five i think he killed four of my flayers because i removed the ones that were cl- that were within three of his other two health chariots so before he could attack with them so that at least they couldn't pile in and hit me because if they'd also been able to go i think he would have pretty much wiped my nine before i even went so he just had the one health flayer and then two seeker chariots into it but he still killed like four but then with my five flares i went at the end and obviously went twice and i killed his I killed his two seeker chariots that i was in combat with and i think maybe one here. and i killed the hellflare so I killed like all the chariots pretty much that they were in combat with um and then the other two killed some of the horrors the horrors like killed a chariot or two back as well battle line chariots so i think on my first turn i'd killed five out of his six battle line chariots and one of the secondaries for this one was kill all of your opponent's battle line so i was happy that his battle line chariots were on the front and like yeah the first turn of going into them i'd killed five out of the six so i was like okay i should get all his battle line and my ghouls were like way back just sitting on my objective so i was like he shouldn't get my battle line either because it was score deny. yeah so um i was thinking about my secondaries and i was like this should be fine um but then yeah so basically after obviously I'd won the priority I'd let him go first then I'd made him go second and then he won priority turn three so then he took it and then he basically just yeah started killing my army like killed off my flayers and wounded my zombie dragon down with charges and stuff but with fighting back I was still able to like keep killing his chariots down with the stuff that was alive Um, and I sent my vargolf in then on my turn three with the extra attacks got it into a chariot um like maybe even two chariots um piled in took it off and then i was like i'm gonna double pile like i'm gonna pile in again because there was another chariot that was like three and a half inches away and then joe was like you can't you're not within three and i was like it doesn't matter i've made a charge move and he was like yeah. that's not a thing and i was like it is <laughs> like it <laughs> I was
2: like, he's like, no. you can
0: only pile in if you're within three or if you're like got the rule that says you can pile in from six. I was like, no, you can pile in if you're in three, or have made a charge move in the same turn. And he was just like, no, that's not a thing. And anyway, like, I'll be honest, there was quite a few things in this game where I was getting a bit frustrated. Um hmm. yeah. There was there was some questionable things that were happening, um, I will say. Um I'd already I'd already kind of called Simon a couple of times for other things or was looking around and he was busy and I just was like, I was reading the battlefield and I was like i'm gonna win this game anyway because the turn before my uh, i'd killed all of his chariots and i'd had like two or three flares in range so i'd taken his objective so i was already up on points he wasn't getting mine because he had to fight his way through my stuff and i was going to kill his and i could already see that my flares and vargolf and other like were going to be able to fly and take his objective again um so i just went do you know what i, I can do it but i'm not going to so let's just carry on up. but i was like i can because i wanted to go with that vargov because it was much more reliable than the two horrors i had yeah um, but anyway so i didn't do it so then i went with the horrors and then they completely whiffed and failed to kill the chariot and left it on one wound um even with a double piling which was frustrating because i should have been able to kill that with the vargov and then go with the horrors into his demonets he'd summoned um, and clear off the demonets. but anyway it is what it is um Mm,
1: yeah, it must be just uh, maybe I don't know in the, his local area where he plays, or the people he normally plays with don't play that what that way, or haven't realised. Yeah,
0: um, but yeah, it is it is what it is, and you choose your battle sometimes. So we uh, we carried on anyway, and um, yeah, and then basically Jai got turn four priority. Um, so he'd summoned ten demons at turn four, and then he got turn four priority, um, and then had uh, had another forty five depravity. Um, which is exactly what you need to summon a keeper, which is very convenient for Jai. Um, so he he summoned a keeper um, for those uh, those 45 depravity that he definitely had, um, and then he put him nine away from my three flayers and my vargolf that I had summoned that were moving up, um, and then brought the other chariots across to try and like finish off my zombie dragon and my vargolf um, and my two horrors. Um, so then basically made those charges he managed he made the charge with the keeper into the three flares in the bar golf and he made his other charges and did all this stuff um and then basically did all his attacks and the keeper absolutely whiffed all he did was roll ones and twos and i was trying not to laugh <laughs> um because uh, he had like so many cp as well at the start i was just like why are you not just doing every command ability you have like reroll ones to hit and then double part. but anyway he didn't he didn't reroll ones and because he was like it should be fine i'm like doing this and then he went again and was like i'm gonna use the cp from my anvil of apotheosis hero to give him plus one to hit and i was like thinking and reroll ones just you know because twos reroll ones is really consistent and reliable and he was just like twos to hit should be enough right and they just roll ones and i was just laughing um <laughs> so all he did was kill one flayer. Like, because I think he split attacks, so all he did was kill one flayer. So I still had the Vargolf and the flayers. So they then put eight, they then put eight wounds onto the keeper, um, which was just funny. Um, but then in my turn, I just retreated them out. I just retreated the flayers out um, onto his objective. My Vargolf grew the flayer back that had run away because it was my turn, and I used muster and put the third flayer back. So I had three flayers on his objective, which he charged off with the keeper. Um, so yeah and then basically what had happened though is with his attacks he'd killed my zombie dragon and he killed my horrors but he hadn't killed my uh vargolf he had like two wounds left i think um and my vargolf had finished off another chariot or whatever um so then in my turn i hero phase moved and ran and retreated the vargolf which i said again i couldn't do so then i called simon over and said i can because a normal move is a retreat um which simon confirmed so i was like okay good Okay. So Random Random retreated in the hero phase my bar golf, and put it onto Jai's other back objective, which he'd also run off from the Demonets. So in my turn four, I was on both of his objectives and my objectives. So I was quite far ahead in terms of points because Jai hadn't scored my objectives at all, and I'd scored his three times. Um so then basically came to turn five priority and Jai won it and he was like going, Okay, I think there's there's one way there's one way that I can stop you getting the major and then but like we were quite low on time and stuff and I was just like I looked at the points I was like are you sure do you want to just have a look at the score because it's I'm nine points ahead of you right now and the maximum you can score in a round is eight so it's like so you can't win um and he was like no but I can stop you getting the major and I was like but you can't win and he was like no, but you won't get double me. And I was like, I don't need to get double you. I just need to beat your score by one. And he was like, No, you have to you have to get more than like you have to double me to get a major win. And I was like, No. And I was like, anyway, let's just keep playing because Simon What's was busy. <laughs> Simon was Simon was busy. So I was, like, I was like, that's fine. You just you do you. And uh anyway, so he he like he like ran his keeper and did this summon for some more demonettes. And retreated a chariot and did some summon for some demonettes again not to try and get both of my objectives with the ghouls um, needing to make nine inch charges he's godseekers who gets plus one so he's like needing eight inch charges blah 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 and I was like I don't, I don't care literally nothing matters you can do whatever you want it doesn't matter sent his other chariots to kill the Vargoth that had taken his objective um, and sent his anvil's hero to try and kill the three flares that were on his and I was like that's not happening Um so I was like this doesn't <laughs> matter anyway um, but basically, only one of the demonet units made its charge, so the other one didn't. So he wasn't going to take one of my two, and he wasn't going to take one of his back. So he scored four in his turn. And then I had my turn. The flares killed his anvil's hero, so I got another three, and I got um, another one of my own. So I got like another four anyway. So the final score was like 21 to 12, I think. So, but yeah, and Simon came over and just confirmed, no, you just need to get more points to win. So I got the major win. And I was like, okay like we're done but it was i have to say it was quite a nice position to be at the end of turn four just be like no matter what happens in terms of priority i can stop playing the game now and score no more points and you can score all the points and i've still won
1: yeah
0: yeah. that was quite a nice quite a nice position to be in um yeah so yeah and i'd i'd got my i kept my ambles hero alive um i hadn't managed to get him to the board edge because to keep him alive i'd had to keep him quite far back in my deployment but i kept him alive at least and i'd killed jize so I got that. Um, I killed all his battle line. He hadn't killed mine. So again, I did quite well on secondaries. Um, so then, yeah, my last game um, was supposed to be against Squiggle Unch, the Jaws of Mork, um, against Pat. But there was three of the guys, actually, that turned up, like, I think it was, like, 18 minutes late for the final round. And basically Simon's pack is if you're more than 15 minutes late, you're disqualified like you get zero points you forfeit the game because 15 minutes is ridiculous and lunch was lunch had been generous on that day as well like people had had easily an hour if not more for lunch um so we there was a bunch of us though because it was like a group of three so there was a bunch of us all just waiting for our game um and then it hit 15 minutes simon said right you've all got the auto wins um and so i was like cool well i've got my four one and i've done probably quite well on secondaries but i was like um obviously there was a bunch of us waiting to play games so then we just paired off amongst ourselves and played the fifth game anyway which was good so i played against i played against um guy called geordie um and he had beasts of chaos and this was such a good game like i'm so happy that i got to play geordie and this game because i've actually not played beasts before but this whole army you you'd have loved it james the whole army is converted um and like seriously converted so he has like a unit of six enlightened that are made from like mornfang cavalry with beasts, with glaives on top of them. And he's like done stuff with the horns and he's painted them very like dark and kind of not tribal, but um, they're very dark, but mornfang are really big, but he still had them on 40 mil bases. So they were, it was all on the correct base size, but it was all converted. So he had a shag off that was converted from like a stone horn, but its yeah. head, its head was like this weird... It was like a stag, so it had huge antlers and everything. And basically, you've read *Dark Harvest* by Josh Reynolds, haven't you?
1: No, I haven't actually.
0: Oh, okay, so *Warhammer*, one of the *Age of Sigmar* horror novels, *Dark Harvest* by Josh Reynolds, is one of the yep. ones I have. I say read, I've listened to it on Audible, but um it's really—I I like it. It's really cool. It's really dark and brooding. And I said to it, like through the whole game, I was like, "Oh, have you read this book?" And he said, "No," and he was going to go away. And hopefully, he will. Um, but i said literally your army is the aesthetic of that book it's all like about the wild hunt and it's very grim dark and literally i was like that model is like the whole thing of that book and everything and so his herdstone was completely like scratch built as a giant stone like literally everything was converted i've got some photos of it if you haven't seen them i'll send them to you but they're awesome yeah i'd love to see that yeah yeah i'll put them up on twitter they're not amazing because i didn't take direct photos of the army but i'll try and tweet him and get him i'm sure he must have posted them somewhere but i'll try and find them and i'll post them with the episode because the army's beautiful um and geordie was such a nice guy as well um and I'm a, i was like beasts aren't exactly known for being super topped here um and feck hurts and it's going into a combat army so we'll see how we go um but he's got lots of he's got lots of units and ambushing and stuff like that but um basically he outdropped me because he's a one drop um like phantasmagoria of fate um so he had the shagoth um he had a beast lord he had a uh zangle shaman um a Bray shaman um like two tens of Ungor, two tens of best like a ten of gore um and then yeah, the six enlightened on disc. Um and then five what are they five centiclear and he had some spawn and he was engaged spawn. Um so like the heroes if they die on a two up can turn into a spawn, which yeah. is actually seems yeah. sneaky because you you can put them down anywhere within six. So you can put them into combat. Like you can do really annoying stuff in terms of like stopping your opponent taking objectives like if you just have a hero and you've scored it the last turn and someone like me sends a zombie dragon into it and kills the hero and then they just go okay two up turn them into, into a spawn i'm going to put it in six inches away and then go right it's still mine because i've got one model and you've got one model even though you've killed their one model Um, And if he has spawn in range, you can spend CP, which you can spam to get extra attacks. That never came up. He never did it, but you can also do it. So it's quite cool. Um, And he had the Doom Ball, like the endless spell,
2: um,
0: that does like mortal wounds and makes you strike last as well, which is potentially a threat because my army, again, is fragile if it gets hit first. Um, But, yeah, so basically he – I set quite far back because I didn't really need to. Other than my six horrors, I kind of put them – They'd need a like he'd need a big charge. So like I knew he'd be able to do it with the Enlightened because they can move nineteen and then like make like run and charge or whatever and make decent charges. Um but I was also like six enlightened probably won't kill six horrors, um, unless he rolls really well or whatever. But basically he put a load of buffs on them, so he had like plus one a hit, like re-rolling and maybe, and re-rolling wounds or something like that. But, but he, he he could put a lot of buffs on them, actually, from the, the shaman, uh, from the spell, I think, to re-roll the wound. And then the plus one to hit comes from the shaman being in range. So actually, they were quite reliable, and their spears are all damage too, and their discs are D3 with Rend. So his spears hit really well, and I was getting worried. His beaks did nothing, and then he had his discs, and he rolled a lot of attacks for his discs. And I was like, I think I only had, like, two horrors. At this point, already because he'd already killed four with the spears, and I was like, "Shit, I'm gonna lose all of the horrors." Um And then the damages that went through from his disc was like one, one. It was all ones and twos, and so it, he left one horror alive, two wounds left, I think. And I was like, "Cool." And then I just started re- like I was like, "Well, I've got my vargolf in range. I only rolled a one, so um or maybe two. I can't remember." two i think i think i rolled two five ups um so i brought two horrors back but anyway i was like i'm going to start topping them up but basically from that point i just was like okay it's go time baby um put the extra attacks i put the extra attacks onto the zombie dragon this time instead of the flayers because i was thinking the flayers aren't going to need the extra attacks and also we i've been talking to like hoops was checking out the games um over the weekend and um I've been kind of saying like, oh, I rate the horror, uh, I rate the flayers better than everything, and they always do more. But then I was like, but that's because I'm putting the D3 extra attacks onto them. So I was yeah. kind of like, maybe, maybe I'll try the attacks somewhere else because the tournament last year, I'd been putting the extra attacks onto the zombie dragon, and he'd been going ham. So I was like, I'll put the extra attacks onto the zombie dragon this time. Um, but basically, yeah, the zombie dragon went in, um, and. Actually, no, the Vargolf went in. The zombie dragon moved. The Vargolf went in. I used the Ballista decanter, um, And he went into the Enlightened and just killed the Enlightened in a go. Um, the zombie dragon went into his angle Shaman behind and killed him um, and then was in range with the Pyolin to go again into the, um, like, remaining unit of Ten Gore that were behind. And I'd killed, like, four of them with his shooting attack as well. So I went in, killed the angle Shaman, killed the Ten Gore. He put his spawn down. But that was fine. I killed the Enlightened. I uh, killed, like, two of the Centagores as well. And then my flares on the other side had double moved, gone into, like, a huge part of his army. So he had, like, ten Ungor Raiders scream- screening his Shagoth, and he had some Vestagore off to the side. Then he had his other Gores. Then he had his other, you know, three Enlightened. All kind of spaced out and intermingled. But basically I did Scream. Screams into Ungor with Bravery 4 actually does stuff. So that was great. So I Screamed off nine with, like, five flares okay. I screamed off nine of the young gore to the left and then i put the others, i put the other screams into like a unit of his unit of best gore and i think i did like two mortal wounds to them and then made my charge and kind of it wasn't a massive charge but i obviously wound into loads of his units but then i I was like actually i haven't got a hero here so i'm not going to be able to pile in twice um and i was he was a bit like you might have bitten off a bit more than you can chew there but i was like oh we'll see i was trying to count up bodies and Stuff but anyway, I did attacks, killed like a bunch of the gore from one of the units and killed off the ungore screens because they were the models. Put the couple that I could into the Vestigor and killed maybe one or two there. Um, didn't attack the Shagoth. Um, and then yeah, he attacked back. The Shagoth actually has like two attacks that are damage three. Um, so they went through and then he did some claws. So the Shagoth killed a couple, the Vestigor killed a couple. So then I was like, oh, okay, I've lost like four. Um, but then yeah what he did was he attacked in the wrong order so with his best of go, i then removed casualties to take the one flare that was within three of his enlightened that were going to get all their rerolls to hit and wound because they'd have gone second and i moved i took that and then he was like right i'm going to pile in with the enlightened and i was like are you within three and he was like fuck because <laughs> so was like oh damn i think that was my chance um yeah. i don't i don't think it would have mattered too much but um but anyway I, I basically killed my way through i'd brought on my infernal courtier way down the other side to threat to be a threat to his back objective so he because all he had was a brave shaman and 10 angle there which aren't going to kill it um so he basically had the decision of does he send his enlightened it like way away from my flayers to go and deal with that infernal or does he use the enlightened to probably kill the rest of my block of nine flayers he chose to go kill the infernal which i think might have been a mistake again it, it honestly it didn't matter um because i'd dealt with his six enlightened and hadn't lost my six horrors so it just didn't matter at that point um but yeah he had cast the ball which was going to make my flares go last again so he was at least able to attack with the best of gore and the dragon ogre etc etc um but the best of gore hit on fours and two attacks each and i was like you know what immediately that halves their output so they're only really gonna get like and he only had like seven. So I was like, you should get like seven hits, maybe five wins. Like, I'm not bothered about that damage. Um, and so, yeah, my flayers survived anyway, like two or three left. And I was just putting my attacks into his best score again. again um, and whittling them down. Um, my zombie dragon had killed off the spawn. He did an amazing scream against his lone beast lord. I was like, right, let's roll my dice and see if I can auto hit you on a one before you actually roll roll to hit because you have to roll equal to or less than the number of models in the unit first and i rolled a yeah. one i was like oh i do hit you and i was like always oh, on twos friend three d6 damage rolled a five just popped him so he set up he set up a spawn he, so this is where the spawn trick was important he then set up a spawn within six of where that beast had died just within three of my zombie dragon. so i wasn't actually going to be able to charge the other spawn to take that objective but what it let me do is because he set it up that side because it was close, I had my other Vargolf like three away. So my Vargolf charged that spawn because there was a space between them and my base that would get the Vargolf within six of the objective anyway. So then I would have two models versus his one remaining spawn. So I killed off the other spawn, couldn't charge the other one, but it didn't matter because I now had two models versus his one spawn. So I had taken that objective. Flayers had lived and the horrors I'd regrown to their full unit size of six and move them across, charge them into his other unit of 10 Vestigor and completely wipe them off the table. Um, And so then basically it was like, I got 10-3 priority, and I was like, the game's done, because my zombie dragon was going to move over to his back objective. My flayers were coming back, and I had my six horrors to go kill the Shagoth, and that was basically the army. So, yeah, I managed to, even though I didn't actually have to play my fifth game for the tournament result, I played my fifth game, and I won it, and would have got my secondaries anyway. So I felt like my my 4-1 was just was justified um so yeah in the end um the game five was corey as i'd expected with his daughters of kane versus carwin with his obr and i was like corey's gonna win that game hands down like just yeah i was like surely corey's gonna and then came over and heard corey had lost it and i was like what happened and he basically said that the double one into a double one, fate happened happened turn one so i lost the game but even then i was thinking can't you just wait till turn two like you can still just like send shadow queen in like i just i thought it'd be easy like you teleport your bow snakes shoot off the harvester and maybe there was some miss like he was like oh i did teleport the snakes and i did shoot in the hero phase um and he was like but i had to shoot the the death riders and the stalkers because they were the immediate threat to get to me in terms of range like speed instead of the harvester (laughs) So then it meant that in Carwin's first turn then, because he had Catacross in Mortis Praetorians, he then got his plus one save up. So then it wasn't till Corey's turn two that he actually shot into the Harvester. So it had a three up save by then. And then apparently, and Catacross had stolen his CP, so he didn't have a CP to hero phase shoot. And then he just rolled loads of ones and twos to hit and didn't kill the Harvester. I think he left it on like four wounds left, and then basically when, when he started then doing damage into the Mortek, he used the mortec dying to heal the Harvester back up um, instead of replacing the mortec. and when he charged in I think with Shadow Queen he hadn't been able to get within three of the Harvester and he brought Catacross in within three and he, he, he didn't one-shot Catacross, which then means he doesn't want to retreat with Shadow Queen because he needs to be using her every turn to kill Carwin's army But he's tied and stuck down with Catacross, who is going to put three wounds onto her every turn, um, while Carwin could retreat the rest of his army. And so basically Carwin was able to retreat the rest of his army and the rest of his army can beat up um, Corey's army and Shadow Queen couldn't kill Catacross and Catacross kept putting the wounds through onto her so she was going to disappear. So um, yeah, the Daughters of Kane actually ended up coming second and I came third. Me and Corey were separated by one secondary so I lost out on second oh, place man. to Corey. <laughs> I think that's fair as he'd in me in the tournament and but it was super close. So Carwin won the tournament with OBR, Mortis Praetorians with Catacross with two Harvesters and a Crawler. Um, so well done carwin really really good result um and then Corey and myself came second and third with yeah one one tp uh for secondaries separating us and then there was a gap of like 10 i think to fourth and below so yeah it was it was quite a good clear podium in terms of results even though there were other four there was another four one result their secondaries was a lot lower and stuff so um yeah, it was really good. It was such a good weekend, um, really good games. I love the list. I'm full into Hollow Morn Feck. I'm definitely taking them to Saggy T if I can go. Um, I've written so many lists since, like, my insomnia has definitely struck again and I've been writing list after list after list. Um, and I've also been writing daughters lists as well, which I had been doing before the event, but I'm definitely doing the daughters as well um, as my next army Um so yeah it was a really good weekend and I was I was definitely happy to redeem myself after my uh, my worst tournament performance ever at, at Joel um in, uh, in Canberra to then go and get a podium at my next event so um so far yeah. I have ta- I've taken FEC to two events I've taken feast day and then hollow morn and I have won or podiumed both events so yeah, yeah. I like FEC. They're pretty good, and especially now, like uh, that result, I think, means more because Feck when I won the event, were at the height of their power, and now we're playing into a shooting meta, and um, they're they, yeah, I'm very happy with the result, and I love the list. I think Royal Mordance is absolutely essential um, for Feck in terms of playing well, and I think you can put it into any of them, and I've been experimenting with lists for Royal Mordance in even in Grisogor. Still no dragons, but the Vargoth can get exploding sixes to hit in Grisogor. So that, that's quite nice. Annie can go first and then Flayers can go, so you can still go with all of it. So I think there's, uh, yeah, I think I'll be doing Royal mordens lists for a long time to come with my feck in uh, various iterations. So um, yeah. we'll, we'll see which one I settle on for uh, Saggy Tea. But yeah, um, so that, yeah, was, that was me.
1: That's fantastic, man. Well, well done. Congratulations. I'm glad you were able to um, pull it back after um after end of, end of the end of the winter. <laughs> but yeah, that's no, good, man. Thanks for um thanks for running through those through your experience. Sounds like a really good weekend. Did you catch up with um was there many other well who else was up there that um
0: Yeah, so that Clint,
1: that our listeners Clint, would know
0: Clint had come down from Hells of War from Toowoomba, um, and Gemma yeah. as well had come down from failed charge. Um, yeah. Mick Mick was supposed to be there as well, but I think a couple of days before he threw his back out. So Gemma was saying he's walking around the house like a penguin. So unfortunately he wasn't able to play. Um and Josh, I think, had pulled out as well, um, which is unfortunate. So I had asked them beforehand if they wanted to get dinner on the Saturday night, but then obviously because um, because Mick was not going, Gemma was like, I'm now carpooling with Clint and um, one of the other guys, I think Henty, um, that was also from Toowoomba, that they'd all kind of carpooled together. So no one was around really for, for dinner so um it, it, it worked out well though and I, I had to get home and do bath time and uh duties and yeah. stuff anyway so um, yeah yeah
1: up there with the famous yeah, still, still
0: yeah. went for lunch with them both days um and had a, had a bit of a catch-up hayden popped in really quickly to give me some models that i'd bought off him um gabe was there as well i i only really got a, oh chris i didn't know you're here we'll have to get Gabe in and then he disappeared um Chris Straff, Chris Stratford, dropped in at the start as well. I think he donated to Rain and mats for the whole event, which was really good. Um, so yeah, um, hoops, like I say, popped in a lot for the day too. So there's quite a few people around, um, and yeah, had um, had chats with people. And yeah, it was a good weekend. So awesome, man! Great.
1: Well, um, yeah, well, should we uh, should we wrap it up? Wrap up the year there. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I think that was that was a lot longer than I was intending to. But um, you can obviously tell I think from listening yeah. to this game how how enthused I am for the list and how much detail yeah. I can remember of my game. So yeah, but I think enough enough said there. We wanna we wanna wrap up the year and it's another year done. And we wanna wish all of our listeners a very merry Christmas and a happy new year. Um, and as always, thanks for listening. Um, we do appreciate it. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you. We love interacting with you on the pages. James, I have to say, is a lot more active with me on than me on the Facebook page in terms of posting his, uh, his pictures of work in progress and stuff like that. Um, I'm probably a bit more active on the Twitter side. Um, yeah, you
1: take, you take, you take the Twitter stuff. I'll do the Facebook stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yes, um, Yeah. Everyone, thank you for listening again. Just I uh, want to echo uh, Chris's sentiments, just have a, have a safe holiday season. Um, yeah. Especially if you're on Sydney or in the Northern beaches of Sydney. <laughs> Um, but yeah, just everyone stay safe, uh, do the right thing, you know, all that sort of stuff. Uh, we're not out of the woods yet with, with COVID by the looks of it, but, um, getting closer. So yeah, just keep that. In mind. Is- Hope you get to see your families. Um, and we'll, we'll see you in the new year. We're looking forward to, we'll carry on, um, recording these podcasts for as long as you'll listen. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but yeah, please do reach out to us, uh, on Facebook. Uh, we've got, yeah, the mortally wounded on Facebook, or we've got our. We've also got our, our website um, www.mortallywoundedpodcast.com. You um, Can find me at Duke Cadric
0: on Instagram. Yeah, and you can find me at Wounded Mortally on Twitter. Um, and yeah, as as James said, like for our international listeners as well, um, especially guys in the UK, like take it safe over Christmas. I'm really sorry with what's going on with the new lockdowns and and everything, but um, yeah. I hope you're yeah. safe. I hope you're able to spend time with loved ones whether they be friends or family even if it's not quite the Christmas and holiday period you imagine but our our thoughts are with you and we know we're very lucky to be just worrying about a handful of cases really in in Sydney um, versus what's going on so please everybody stay safe don't do anything to put yourselves at risk Um, and if yeah please interact with us I know it can be very lonely if you can't go out and play games so um, I'll be posting soon. We have a Discord server that I've been meaning to use a lot more that we'll be doing hobby hangouts and there's people playing TTS games and there's list tech and general chat and stuff so we'll post that a lot more and yeah please if you are having a hard time and you need to you need people to interact with and stuff to help get you through it and um, these lockdowns and how it's dragging on so please do contact us we'd love to hear from you and yeah if there's If there's ideas for shows that you've got um that would kind of help you get through then let's know and we'll see what we can pull together whether James can maybe do some paint alongs and things like that on the on the discord and and stuff like that and we'll we'll see what we can do but yeah um we do hope you've um enjoyed listening this year and that we will have you as a listener next year um and again yeah thanks thanks for all your support It, it means a lot and hopefully we'll be able to put on an event next year um and see a lot of your faces in person as well
1: Absolutely. Thanks guys. And we'll see you next year.